This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Organization News Podcast. My name is Salman Ali at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. Here, joined by Forrest Walker at Do Not on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, pretty good at yourself. I'm doing all right. Also joined by Taylor Pate at Taylor L Pate. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. So, um, originally we, were, we weren't planning to have a podcast today, but we kind of have to now because of this hard <laughs> extension. Um, and, and like to be honest, like this isn't a surprise that they agreed to extension because we, we we heard reporting about it earlier. But the fact that they were able to get it done, and the fact that this contract extends to Harden's thirty three, he's twenty seven right now. So the Rockets are going to have him for three more from I mean, for six more years, and um, his contract's ridiculous two hundred twenty eight million uh, combined for the next six years, and he's going to be. Uh, 33, and he's going to be earning like 47 million dollars in that last year. Um, he's pro he's probably the most paid player in the NBA right now. Uh, he's passed up the career earnings of of LeBron James already, uh, which is insane. Um, and he's projected to pass by like a whole bunch of other superstars. Uh, I think this is a good thing. Like locking up a Hall of Famer in his prime, uh, for several years is never a bad thing to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's also I, kind of uncommon now. Yeah, like yeah, it's, people don't want to be on the hook for the long term in case they uh, some bad things happen. Yeah, and Harden's gonna have the only contract that extends to twenty twenty three, which is insane. Like he's gonna be the only, he's the only one on the books for that year right now. Uh, that could change. Russell Westbrook could sign an extension. Um, he's up for that insane supermax he got grandfathered into the. Uh, DPE. So I mean, it, it's it's very possible that he's he's next. I mean, that's kind of what happened last year uh, when the Rockets went ahead went ahead and renegotiated and extended um, the Thunder. The same thing with Russ uh, for a shorter deal, uh, granted, but like it's it's still possible. Uh, but I mean, I mean, it, it shows more than anything that he wants to be here. I mean, he, the first line in his presser was, you know, Houston's home for me for me, and like. I mean, he seems to like the the, the organization. He, he loves less. He loves the front office. Um, I think even when he got interviewed uh, in that strange, um, you know, award show with Drake, like he, uh, the first thing he talked about was the front office and the culture and stuff. So I mean, like that's. I mean, it's a good thing. He. It's not like it's not. I don't think it's just about the money. It, it may be a huge incentive behind this, uh, but I, but I, I do think he genuinely wants to be here for that long. Uh, the team definitely uh, puts an effort in to be really aggressive and surround a team 
surround a quality team around him and you know it's 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 just nice to have a superstar in his prime locked up for that long uh, it this was a big piece of news for me uh i think this was bigger than anything else from my perspective because i think it's a huge positive sign about the state of the franchise in general uh, this is exactly the way that you want your team to look if your team is trying to actually take positive lessons away from other teams in the league, most notably the Spurs, who are a model of stability, but all the good organizations have certain uh, hallmarks of them. And this is a big one. Being able to reward your star player. like Not only does this show that they are willing to commit to him long-term and have been doing so repeatedly. Like You, you remember, I'm sure you guys both remember the time when uh, you know the, the Rockets were chided for not signing their free agents back soon enough because their policy was that they wanted to sign they didn't want to extend people before the contract was up because of flexibility that's not happening here this is they have been with james harden extending him as early as possible as often as possible because they know what they have uh so this is fantastic from an organizational standpoint it shows good players around the league that the Rockets will take care of them, that they're going to commit to them. They committed to Daryl Morey and to James Harden. We'll see what they do with uh, with Mike D'Antoni, but they just hired him, so it's a little <laughs> early for that. Now, this is a sign of stability and willingness to pay that rings true to a lot of people around the league. This shows that you're going to know what you're going to get with the Rockets for years. For years, this is going to be James Harden's team, and it's going to be Daryl Morey's team, it's going to be less Alexander's team, and you know what they're going to do for you. They're going to pay their agents. This is not only just a good sign to other players, but it's a good sign that James Harden was willing to make this extension. It shows that he also is willing to commit, and he he probably would have been better off waiting a little longer, but he wanted to be on the same page, apparently, which is good. The fact that they're able to convince him to do this now shows that they are on the same page with him. This is a massive shout to the world that this is a top-flight organization. I think it's nothing but humongously positive. It makes me feel really good about their future prospects, and I think this is sort of this team arriving at being one of the big boys in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that you know you always have that baseline with Harden, at probably, you know, at worst, you're going to be maybe an eight seed, which, you know, we saw um, two years ago, but that was, you know, that's like the worst possible scenario that could have happened. Um, and I think that, the you know, we have Chris Paul now here, um, and we'll probably see an extension, or not an extension, but a new deal for him um, at the end of next year. And I would imagine that's probably going to line up right with the end of Harden's deal. Um and so you kind of have, you know, the, the organization showing the rest of the league, the other players in the league, hey, look, we've got, you know, two Hall of Famers that, that want to be here. And, and that's, a, that's a big deal for an organization like the Rockets, who, you know, even though they're the fourth largest city in the United States, it's still kind of like a small market team um, to an extent. But that, you know, should change with the, the um, notoriety of, of Chris Paul here now and having James Harden here and both of them seem to be, you know, uh, or, or Harden seems to be a growing star in the league. And Paul is obviously a, a huge star in the league already. Yeah, I I completely agree with you guys. Uh, this, this is a definite positive step uh, for the image of the organization. There was a, immediately a lot of positive press uh, that happened uh, just after Harden shortly signed his extension. 
Um, I mean, obviously, this is, an, this is a guy that, that's continually in the MVP race year after year after year. Uh, he's going to get you 27, 7, and 6. Uh, he's going to win games. He's like he's never missed the playoffs in his entire career, which is still insane. Like That's that's a stat that's not touted, up, touted enough about James Harden. The fact that he's never missed the playoffs since he's entered the NBA um it's ridiculous like you're guaranteed to make the playoffs with James Harden that's even if even if your year goes to crap like you're 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 going to you're going to be an 8 seed you're going to be an 8 seed you're never going to go below 500 with James Harden cuz he's never done that in his career the rockets have won 61% of their games uh since James Harden's got here they were uh previous their prior 3 seasons they they only won 50% of their games and you know he made them a winning organization again James Harden makes you relevant right I, being a Rockets fan uh, pre James Harden was re- was kind of depressing. I mean, you were waiting for that guy to come. You're you were kind of an irrelevant franchise. Uh, you, you know, you always you missed the, you barely missed the playoffs every year. Uh, you never really had a, cha- a fighting chance, even if you made the playoffs. And like when James, when James Harden came, it it kind of changed all that. This is why this is why it took Daryl Morey so long to get a James Harden on the roster. And now that he's got him, he's not going to lose him. He's not letting James Harden go. He knows what 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 he has. He knows how good James Harden is. James Harden's one of the five best plus players in the NBA. You don't lose guys like that. You know he's one of those guys where you place him on in, in, on any team, any random team. They're gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna make the playoffs because he's that good. He's gonna get to the playoffs. There's only there's only a handful of guys you can say that about in the NBA. You know LeBron, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, etc. Right? There's only like a handful of guys you can say that about. And James Harden's one of them, and you just don't you just don't want to lose one of those guys. Um, as far as the image of this franchise, again, like as Forrest said, like this, I I, I do think this helps uh, the Rockets lure free agents. One of the biggest steps that I think is gonna come come from this immediately, like next summer. I mean, this sent a huge message to Chris Paul, uh, you know, who's who's a free agent next summer. That hey, as long as you're here, James Harden is gonna be here. Even if you sign a long-term contract, James Harden's going to be here through throughout the entire length of that contract, um, and he's going to be there, um, and you're going to be a contending team for that entire length of time um, if this works out, right? And also for other free agents that may want to come to the Rockets, you know, um, if the Rockets go free agent hunting again next season, let's just, let's say they don't get Melo and they have to go again next summer to, to get their third guy. I mean, this is kind of like. This is really, really ideal that you have your face of the franchise locked up. Um, really great positive move. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're a critic of this mood, I mean, let me remind you where the Rockets were before James Harden, Luis Scola, Kevin Martin, uh, Kyle Lowry, uh, you know, Courtney Lee. That was your team. You had a ragtag bunch of guys that fought every night. Granted. But they weren't going to really win you anything of significance. And James Harden has done that. He's gotten you to a Western Conference Finals. He's gotten you to the second round. Um, and, you know, like, there's this there's this notion that if you don't win a championship, you're an, you're an irrelevant player in this NBA and you're not worth the money you're signed for. That's ridiculous, man. Uh, especially if you're in the Western Conference, man. Like, it's only, th- only one team out of 30 wins an NBA championship every year. It's really freaking hard to win one. Uh, and to and to just to say that only max players, uh, you know, max players have to win championships. I mean that that's kind of ridiculous. It's really really hard to win an NBA championship, and um, and he's definitely somebody who increases your championship odds. Positive move up, mood all around. Uh, cosign, cosign. It's 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 a good move. It's a good move for the Rockets. 
Uh, Harden's going to be a, a rocket, presumably, uh, unless the franchise decides to trade him, which I don't see coming uh, till 2033. I mean, till 2023, and that's really good for this franchise. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some other moves uh, the Rockets may be making. Carmel and Anthony. So our last podcast was uh, kind of a negative <laughs> podcast. Uh, I talked about you know all the potential doubt the downfalls of of acquiring a Carmelo Anthony. And I felt like I was being too negative. I felt like I was being I was being too close minded. I felt like I wasn't looking at the other side of the coin. That's why I brought in Taylor and that's why uh we have Forrest back on because he's a little bit more positive on the subject than I am. Um and we're gonna talk about this because you know th- there are you know signing Carmelo and Anthony is does give you a higher upside than not signing Carmelo Anthony, not signing Carmelo, trading for Carmelo Anthony, and um, that's that's a fair argument, and there are a lot of fair arguments, and we're gonna discuss them. So Taylor, um, signing Carmelo Anthony, why are you for this, trading for him? Um, I think that the the biggest reason is that at the bare minimum, you're upgrading Ryan Anderson. Um, now I know Ryan Anderson does bring you some things that Mello probably doesn't like, you know, shooting from four feet behind the three point line, but that when you really, when you really equate the two things, um, the other things that Mello adds that Ryan Anderson can't do, um, like attacking closeouts or, uh, even posting up or, uh, being even passable on defense. I know Melo certainly by no standards is a great defender, but I mean, I'm pretty sure I could do a better job guarding people <laughs> than Ryan Anderson. Um, I, I think you just raise that ceiling. Um, uh, you know, even if it's, you raise it 10% more, 15% more, that's, that's going to be the next step to getting you that much closer to the warriors. And uh, you know, it takes star power to, to beat the Warriors, I mean that's that's what they have, and that's what you need to beat them. Um, so I think that bringing in as much talent as possible, because on any given game, you know Carmelo Anthony is capable of scoring 45, 50 points. Uh, you don't know when it's going to happen, but it, it's certainly pa- uh, possible with Melo. That's something you're probably not getting from Ryan Anderson. Yeah, uh, you also. You also get what they call star power, which is a very vague and generic thing to say. But uh, there is definitely a versatility that you don't have. I mean, there's a reason that Melo was a uh, that he was a cornerstone player a while ago. You know, with, with Ryan Anderson, uh, yeah, he's a he's a very one-dimensional player. He's a system player, and you have to raise you have to sort of break the system, make a new system, I guess. To if in this situation, I think honestly, if the Warriors didn't exist, I would not be into picking up Carmel Anthony at all. I would think that, no, this is a good system. Uh, you know what you're getting. You don't want to like have a chance of breaking everything just so you can be a bit better. They're already contender. Stick with it. But I would need, agree with that. Yeah, but they need they need to raise that ceiling right now. They have no choice. They have to take a risk and see if Carmel Anthony can add a dimension of scoring uh, and some potential upside on defense that they just don't have with Ryan Anderson. They've been backed into it. That's my opinion. Yeah, all fair and valid arguments. Um, I do agree. Carmelo Anthony is a talent upgrade over Ryan Anderson. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean I'd rather have uh, Carmelo Anthony over Ryan Anderson personally, but, I mean, that's a fair argument. I can't really dispute that. 
Carmelo Anthony can attack closeouts, and Ryan Anderson, frankly, can't. Uh, he's a little bit more explosive uh, than Ryan Anderson, uh, and you can't dispute that. Ryan Anderson's a little bit of a better shooter, but I mean, the the discrepancy is not really that that noteworthy if, if you take into account catch and shoot, and you know the amount of talent uh, Ryan. Uh, I mean, Carmelo Anthony would have around him, um, and the amount of space. Uh, that's a fair argument. Uh, what I would say, what I would ask of you guys is like how good do we think Carmelo Anthony is at this point in his career? Like, is he a top fifty player? Is he a top twenty five guy? Uh, do we think that? Do we think his talents potentially being buried in New York? <laughs> Everything is being buried in New York. He's definitely being buried there. Like, I the think only thing no not being buried is James Dolan in New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main thing that needs to be buried. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that he definitely will do better elsewhere. Uh, how much better is the question, but there's no way he would be used worse in Houston than in New York. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think it can get much worse for Melo. I think it only goes up from this point. Um, he's not... He's obviously not happy. Um, he's been, I mean, about as professional as you can be about it for the most part. Um, but you know, with the way that Phil Jackson handled things, with the way that Dolan is handling things, um, you know, being in that environment, it can't possibly be healthy for him. And being around friends, you know, guys that he likes and and um, and has obviously worked with before on, you know, Team USA and stuff like that. Um, it's a whole new environment, and it could be a big breath of fresh air for him. Yeah, and I think the fact that he wants to come here is is actually a big positive sign that he's willing to maybe adjust his game, which is my biggest thing. You know, like, um, I, Melo's played, I checked yesterday, he's played a thousand games in the NBA. Uh, and, and, like, through those th- thousand games, he's played a certain, you know, he's played a certain way his entire career. And uh, that's kind of why I, I'm hesitant to believe he changed. But, I mean, the fact that he's willing to to go to a team where he's clearly not the number one guy, he's clearly not the number two guy, that's a real positive sign that maybe he adjusts his game to become, quote-unquote, Olympic mellow, right? This, that's that's what, you know, mellow, mellow believers will sell you, Olympic mellow, right? This, this guy that no, understands his role, com, a really great combo forward um, who can attack closeouts, spread the floor really nicely, um, and is really deadly off the dribble when he has a lot of talent around him. Right, and, and and I think that's kind of what you what the Rockets are trying to probably sell their fan base um, that Melo's a different guy, and this this organization's valued Melo uh, for a long time. I mean, for before the Rockets even got James Harden, they've chased Carmelo Anthony. This is like you can look this up on like Real GM. Like this is this is you know public record. The Rockets were in trade talks to acquire Carmelo Anthony when he was with the Nuggets um, when they when the Rockets had an insane amount of assets and nobody to really spend it on. Um, you know, and Carmelo Anthony really wanted to go to New York and the Rockets probably didn't want to use that, those assets on Carmelo Anthony. So, I mean, there's a history. And if you count, if you just count like when Dwight Howard was here, the Rockets chased Carmelo Anthony again. If you remember that infamous Jeremy Lin uh, debacle where, you know, he was wearing, uh, they set the Rockets set up a poster of Carmelo Anthony outside the locker room. Um, and it said the strive for greatness or something like that. And it had, like Carmelo Anthony was wearing Jeremy Lin's number, and that caused quite a stir. Um, and yeah, I mean this this organization's loved Melo for the longest time, and uh, the fact that you know Daryl was really interested in him 
really intrigues me, right? Like, I'm not going to lie. That intrigues me because Daryl Morey is really good at these reclamation projects. He finds guys that are undervalued around the league. Um, and I, I do think pr- it's possible that Carmel Anthony is undervalued by guys like me. Like, it's possible that Carmel Anthony is undervalued in a way that his his environment significantly decreases his value, right? In the same way that Mike D'Antoni's environment when he was in New York significantly decreased his value. And uh, a new environment could significantly make him better like legitimately better as a player and that that's the argument you got to make right that's that's the kind of that's the kind of uh bet the rockets are making here uh that he's a better player than what we've seen the past four years because what we've seen the past four years is really depressing i have to i actually have to watch the knicks because i like watching kristaps Porzingis, uh and he's he's made me really invigorated to watch the knicks so i mean um I, i've seen this right like he looks he just looks sad he looks. He just looks sad in New York, like visibly sad. And his teammates look sad to be with him. They, it, it, it's a, it's a really depressing scenario there. Um, they had to run this, this cryptic offense that's you know, uh, as old as time, and it, and it's, it's obviously not working in the modern NBA. Um, and now, I mean, in a new run and gun offense, I think, I think it's fair to say that you know maybe he'd excel. You know, like. Uh, the pace was really slow in New York, and um, in a better pace, he'd get, he'd have better numbers. Uh, he'd play a different style. Um, he wouldn't take as many mid-range shots, which is one of my biggest detractors of his game. Uh, he'd probably take a lot more threes in the Rockets, um, and I, he'd play a totally different way. Uh, and which brings me to my next point: Do we believe that we we he can suddenly get over this Mike D'Antoni thing, right? Because this is something. Uh, this is one of my other concerns, right? Mike D'Antoni. Uh, and him did not get along. Notably, we talked about in the last podcast, Mike D'Antoni resigned because of Carmelo Anthony. Uh, like Carmelo Anthony went up, went to the organization and said it's either he, it's either me or him. And Mike D'Antoni, frankly, didn't want to deal with that, <laughs> and he he resigned. And, uh, and and he made it clear that you know I, I he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to work with me. I don't want to work with him. Right? And uh, do we think he? Do we think Mike D'Antoni and Carmel Anthony can potentially resolve that? Because that, that's been a real hot topic uh, among the national media and local media. This is something everybody's talking about. Yeah, uh, I mean, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that uh, a long t- you were talking a while ago about trying to get New York or uh, Olympic Mellow, not New York Mellow. They need Rockets Mellow, so which which is neither of those things. So, uh, but yeah, that that's a good question of the, can they get along. Um, I'm willing to defer to their judgment, I guess, is the short short story. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, I think that if, especially with uh, with what uh, uh, D'Antoni was talking about on um, the podcast the other day with Howard Beck, I mean, it. he said people change, and obviously, you know, Coach D'Antoni, he's one of the most, as he put it, mellow guys, um, you know, especially when it comes to dealing with temperaments and stuff like that. I mean, he's a very, um, you know, everywhere that he's gone, he's never waited until the, the team that uh, fired him or anything like that. He's always said, okay, you know what? I'll go in peace. I'll, I'll walk away. He's, he's very laid back and you can, you can hear that. And just the way that he talks about, you know, pretty much everything. Um, and if he says that, you know, that everything has changed and that, you know, it's been a long time since then. I, I certainly don't have any question that he will do what it takes to make it work. And I think Carmelo Anthony's in a, in a lot different place than he was, um, you know, four or five years ago, where he was 
then trying to take the Knicks to a championship to, you know, now just, you know, going out and, and hating everything that he's doing for the Knicks and probably not even wanting to, to perform for them. Um, you know, so I think that him, the fact that, you know, Carmelo Anthony is in the stage now where he wants to just win a championship, uh, I think it will, you know, the, the egos will be faltered. Yeah, you've definitely got to think that he's more receptive to uh, a change in scenery, a change in system, when it's kind of looking like uh, if he sticks where he is, there's a, a big, a lot of nothing on, down that road. So uh, I think there's reason for hope. Whether it's yeah, I mean, he, did, he never chose D'Antoni. He never chose D'Antoni before. This, this would be him pretty much choosing D'Antoni. Yeah, but by not exercising his no trade clause. Uh, that's essentially choosing D'Antoni or, you know, willing to look over D'Antoni, rather. Like, he he knows Mike D'Antoni's here, right? That's no secret. Um, like, he's, Mike D'Antoni's not hiding anywhere. Uh, right. Right. So, I mean, like, uh, it, it's very apparent that he'd be under Mike D'Antoni's tutelage if he were to come to the Rockets. Um, and it's fair to say that he's accepted that and he's willing to go here, come here anyways. Yeah, and I think that... Um... Just the part of Melo's career that he's at, he realizes that he's not going to be the best player on a championship team at this point. Um, and so I think that changes things for him, too. You know, he, he realizes that there's this superpower in the NBA, and the only way that he's going to beat it is to, you know, be another superpower with, you know, players better than himself. I don't think superpower is a strong enough word. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, uh, like, like it just feels like a bully. You know that. You know that giant asteroid that hit the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's the Warriors. Yeah, it, it feels like that. It definitely feels like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. They're they're both matured. I mean, like Mike D'Antoni has a totally different perspective in life than he did uh, four or five years ago. Yeah, he doesn't have a mustache anymore. So I mean, that's. <laughs> that's it that was it the whole time <laughs> uh i mean like clearly he's he's changed his mind on a lot of things right he's gotten better with managing player egos i think i think that's fair he's managed james Harden's ego perfectly fine i mean they're best friends i mean this is something that came out of james Harden's mouth like that that he and mike d'antoni are best friends i think that could be a a big part in this right chris paul and and james Harden kind of teaming up and selling uh Carmelo on D'Antoni, right? Because James Harden's played a year under D'Antoni, and it was awesome, right? It 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 yielded a lot of fruits. Fifty five wins, uh, second round, uh, you know, hard fought second round series. Um, that that's that, that's something you could sell to Carmelo. Like, hey, if you buy in, you get this, right? I, I, uh, James Harden's definitely the good cop in that situation, right? Like he's like, it's great. We got fifty-five wins, like you said. Everything's awesome and fun. Uh, Mike is really chill. We just gotta run the pick and roll, and we're gonna take other teams apart, and we're gonna have a good time. Our, our team culture is kind of laid back. And then Chris Paul is like, right. Also, if you mess us up for us, Mello, <laughs> if you mess us up for us, if you think you're number one when you're actually number three, I will come for you. Yeah. I think I think Chris Paul is so instrumental in all this too because you know obviously when Dwight was here um Melo had the opportunity to come to the Rockets and that wasn't something clearly that he wanted to do so it's not just you know a collection of stars it's it's the fact that it's someone that's this close to Melo um you know they're obviously very good friends outside of the NBA um and James Harden seems to have gotten an invitation to the banana boat um 
you know, hey, Wade might get bought out and then there's a minimum contract for the Rockets to sign and then, you know, the Rockets are the best Rockets team in history. <laughs> that's yeah, the path we're going uh, down. Yeah. I mean, that's the plan. That has to be the plan. There's there's nothing yeah. else that matters at this point. They have to just improve the most they possibly can in this moment. Yeah. And uh, if that includes giving a minimum to Dwayne Wade, uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, they have their biannual exception. Hey, you, you can't count that out. Um, so, I mean, like, here's what I'll say. Um, Daryl Morey certainly wants to do this, right? He's he's driven to get this done. Uh, if he wants to do this, I, I, he's got to do this, like, before training camp, like, as soon as possible. Like, they, they all need to get in a room together ASAP, like if they if they as soon as they possibly can, so they can talk about this, like and so they can you know, and so they can get their reps in because the team's already starting to work out in Las Vegas together. Uh, Clint Capella leaked the video uh, on his Instagram of, of those guys, uh, you know, working out together. Chris Paul, Trevor Reese, James Harden, um, you know, uh, and you know the rest of the team. They're already working out together. They need to get some reps in uh, as quickly as because like, I think the the sooner you get this done. The, the more likely it is to succeed. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, they're going to need time on their side. I think you're right. Like, we want to do all the things quickly instead of later. They need the the Knicks to hire a freaking GM or or not hire one or, or burn in flames or something. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, it, it's, it's pretty hard in New York, man. They... Like Steve Mills is running things. Um, he just signed Tim Hardaway to a seventy-two million dollar deal, uh, which might be a good thing. You know, the Rockets might be able to swindle the Knicks into like into taking a crappy offer. Uh, that's definitely on the table. Oh boy, if they just got rebuffed by everybody too. <laughs> it's not looking good for the Knicks. They they're having a hard time uh, hiring anybody, and they're sort of the polar opposite of the Rockets. As much as the Rockets have repeatedly shown themselves to be a top-flight organization this summer. The Knicks are just crashing and burning in a way, which is very gratifying for people who think they should crash and burn. And I, I may or may not be one of those. And and the Kings look awesome at all this, right? Like, they're not the worst organization in basketball anymore. It's the Knicks, and it's not even close anymore. Uh, the, Knicks, the the Kings actually had a pretty good uh, offseason, and the Knicks had, actually, you know, the exact opposite, right? And uh, we're talking about, like, GMs are turning down them. Not it's not the other way around. Like prospective general managers are, you know, deciding, hey, this isn't worth this crap. Like, for okay, first of all, what's the logic behind not giving your general manager full control of basketball ops? Like, where does that come from? Like, because <laughs> um, that's the report that came out from Ian Begley uh, today that the Knicks were willing to hire David Griffin if david griffin were to not have full control of basketball ops and i'm just kind of like what do you think a general manager does you, you tweeted this out taylor like like what exactly do they expect david griffin to do <laughs> like is he supposed to just stand there and do press conferences like on the on the other hand david griffin could have taken that job and done nothing and made you know four or five million dollars a year or whatever they wanted or two dollars two million dollars a year if you know they're giving him the chauncey billups um I mean, if they don't want him to do anything, hey, that's free money. But, you know, if they would like to be a competent organization ever again, um, you know, <laughs> would they, they? probably <laughs> that that maybe that's the plan. The plan is to never be a competent organization again. <laughs> they just they want to burn in flames. I mean, it's what's familiar for them. It's comfortable, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how how is Dolan going to make appearances at NBA games if he's on tour with his blues play, blues band? <laughs> the straight shot. Uh, I want to say that I feel bad for taking pleasure in the Knicks suffering, but I I really don't. I just as long as James Dolan is I there, I feel bad for I feel just, bad for the fan base, not the Knicks, if that makes sense. Oh, that's that. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that take. The fans do not deserve this, but that team absolutely does. Absolutely does. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, like... So bad for Porzingis. Yeah, I mean, and, and what does Adam Silver do here? Like, because uh, like, you, you kind of figure he has to step in at some point, right? Like, he stepped in with Sam Hinkie, which, which, who I thought was a really competent general manager. He stepped in in other, other situations. I mean, did can you step in to, to kind of disrupt an incompetent owner? Like, is that possible? Is is that under this like in the CB under the CBA? Is that is that legally possible? <laughs> like, is it possible for him to out James Dolan? Like, for just being dumb and just being bad at his job. No, he's going to have to find some kind of, like, a really gross thing James Dolan said one time. Yeah, we got we got to bug yeah. his phone. We got to bug his phone. You got to catch him saying something racist. Like, um, we got to sterling this thing. Yeah, we, it's, it's, that's what we got to do. I mean, you got to get things done. If you're, if you're a Knicks, like, if you're Spike Lee, I mean, that's 100% what you're doing, right? Like, like Right. He, he, he has, Spike Lee is trying to incite racism from James Dolan right now. <laughs> Spike's like, James, how do you feel about uh, my movies? <laughs> and and, and, and he, he's the guy who probably has more access uh, to the facilities than any other any other fan would. So I mean, you gotta you gotta figure he's he's plan he's plotting things to like get in there, uh, find a phone and like p- just plant a bug and get out and, and and you know find some negative crap, ha- leak it to TMZ and get him out of there. I mean, you gotta figure that that's what Spike Lee's planning. He's gonna Maybe call Michael Rappaport was doing. to go in there. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Charles Oakley's doing. Charles Charles Oakley's trying to get Dolan out of the office. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you gotta get Dolan out of that. You gotta get rid of Dolan. I, I don't know if like how much they want to get rid of them. It's oftentimes hard to tell because sometimes uh, it's really more what the owners want. It's the problem. Like Donald Sterling pissed off the owners and made them look bad more than anything else. Or like Sam Hankey was, you know, making they didn't like. It's the owners and their perception that really matters more than anything else. So if James Dolan manages to piss off all the other owners or make them think he's an embarrassment to them or something, maybe we'll see him gotten rid of. But good luck. Yeah, and I don't. I don't really think the other owners want to get rid of James Dolan. I mean, they're kind of benefiting from this, right? Like, you you get a swindle James <laughs> Dolan into taking all your bad contracts and whatever, uh, and getting all the draft picks. Like, it, it, it's it seems like a pretty good situation for the other owners, and they're still making money. People are still buying Knicks tickets because that, that that arena still sells out. Uh, there's still a, a massive TV market. Uh, they, I mean, they have a they're as big a part of the, of the TV deal as anybody. And yeah, I mean. So let's go and talk about a Rockets team with Carmelo Anthony. Like, what's the ceiling for that team? Do you think that team beats the Warriors? Like, if they if they manage to keep Clint Capella, if they, if they give up Ryan Anderson, and we're assuming some non non consequential part to make the deal work, do you do you think that's a good enough team to at least contend with the Warriors? No, but it's the best no. you're gonna get. Yeah, uh, it's no, it's not. How, I mean, with with the way that the especially with the, how familiar the Warriors already are with each other. Um, Certainly not in year one. Um, now, if you can convince you know some other guys maybe to come um, next year or in a boat. something, but but currently, yeah, I mean, currently the way that the way that the Warriors are constructed, it's it's probably not going to happen. But this does give you 
a puncher's chance. I mean, does it get you to the second seed? Like, does it get you for sure over the Spurs? Because that's still in question, right? We don't know if they're going to be a better a better team than the Spurs because the Spurs just poop out sixty wins every year. So, I mean, that's still on the table that they might not they might not get the second seed this year. So, are they the second seed in the West if they get Carmelo Anthony? I think so. Yeah, uh, most likely, but uh, there is no for sure over the Spurs. There will never be such a thing. They'll prop. They could probably be over the Spurs, but uh, you can never take that that for granted. I think it depends on uh, how what Melo does for the team and how well Chris Paul and James Harden get along together. There's still a lot of question marks here. Uh, if the question marks come up right, then yeah, everything is totally great and copacetic. But uh, there is still a chance that things could blow up in their faces in a pretty unpleasant way. Right, and I think I think what you said on the last podcast is pretty clear. I think. Their their ceiling goes up, but their floor dramatically decreases, right? Because you're 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 safe with Ryan Anderson. You're gonna have a really good team, and is the blow up factor like whatever? That's a pretty that's a lot lower than if you get Carmelo Anthony and something were to happen, right? Like like it, it's it's a lot safer if you don't get Carmelo Anthony, but at the same time, the the ceiling is a lot it's a lot higher. I will say this: I do think that in the event that you know chris paul were to get injured i'm not going to say harden because you know harden's that doesn't have an injury history but (laughs) if chris paul were to get injured it does yeah yeah i I did too but um it does probably help things a little bit to have mellow instead of anderson because then you at least have more of uh more dimensions to to your team still um i think it would help the rockets if Chris Paul were to get injured. Yeah, it'd be some insurance. Yeah, you, you have a secondary creator in, in the case that happens. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Like, that that's um, the ceiling for the team. Like, I'm still worried about it. Like, I want it to happen for media purposes. So it's, it's a lot more fun to cover. Um, like, it, it's a lot more fun to talk about. Like, this team is, like, the amount of star power in terms of, like, the amount of media coverage they're going to get, the amount of uh, stuff we're going to have to talk about, like going into training camp, it's going to be nuts. Like it, it'll be, it'd be absolutely nuts. This team would probably be the second or third most covered team in the NBA next season. Like, I think that's fair to say um, after this, after the Spurs, I mean, not, not after the Spurs, after the Cavs or the Warriors, I think it's probably the Rockets if they get mellow. Uh, just because a lot, you, you'd have a lot of national reporters just fly in like they do with every super team that's created, right? Um, and it's, it, I'm all for it. Like I'm all, I'm all for more crazy stuff happening. I'm all for more intrigue. But yeah, these are some of the positives that could happen if you get mellow. Um, I, I just want, I just wanted to have a positive podcast about Carmelo Anthony because, um, like I, I don't want people to think I don't want this to work out. Because I do, obviously, I want this to work out. I, I want, I want Carmen Anthony. If, if you were to come here, I want it to be a good team, and I, I'm more than willing to admit that I'm wrong if if it were to work out. I, I'll come on here and I'll say I'm wrong. I, I've done it before. Like when, jo- I wasn't a fan of the Josh Smith signing when when he came off of the Pistons, and I was and I was wrong about that. I, I, I admitted I was wrong about that. I'm I'm okay with saying I'm wrong. Um, yeah, that's that's not the issue here. I'm just worried about you know the floor. Like you're you're gonna get it, you're gonna have a lower floor with Melo because there's there's a risk that it doesn't work out. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. The ceiling what you're is the roof. Is the, the ceiling is the roof, and the floor is the ground. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
Right. Uh, no, but in, in all seriousness, I think that adding Mellow adds almost an element of chaos, which is exactly what you have to have in this NBA to potentially win a championship. No, I agree with you. You you got to up the risk profile. You got to you got to try doing it. Um, and like there is an element of like, hey, like the war the Warriors are making it work with insane amount of playmakers. You're talking about like they have like three or four playmakers on on the on their roster. So I mean like the fit issues don't really concern me more than the locker room dynamics. So I'm like like I can buy into um the Rockets figuring it out, like figuring out their offense, figuring out their defense because. Other teams have done it before. You, you know, you look at the Heat, you look at the Warriors, you look at other teams, other super teams in the past. <clears throat> I'm not concerned about that. I'm more concerned about the other stuff. Um, and 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 the Mike D'Antoni stuff really. That, that's my chief concern, right? The Mike D'Antoni stuff uh, combined with the fact that we're kind of we're kind of depending on Melo to become a different player, and um, that that's that's just it's it's hard for me to overlook the, the giant sample size of him in the NBA. If that makes sense. So yeah, uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter at Redniche News. Follow Forrest on Twitter at Do Nots. Follow Taylor on Twitter at Taylor L. Pate. Uh, give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoyed the podcast. Give us a good rating uh, even if you didn't enjoy the podcast. That really helps us, helps us out. Thanks, guys.